1: Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean O'Zaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now, this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we hear the last message in a series called, In This We Trust, as Pastor Sean asks a few game-changing questions. What does generosity look like to you? What if you knew for certain that God would provide your every need? How would that change the way you give to others? Reallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. If you feel led right now to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then we hope you do. There's a place to give at reallife.org. It's part two of the message, The Power of Generosity. Pastor Sean is teaching from 2 Corinthians and Psalms 112. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio.
2: Now, a couple points we want to bring out. First, Generosity is my response to the generosity of God. Generosity is my response to the generosity of God. Here's the deal. God's nature is to give, and God gave first. Some of you need to write that down right now in your margins. God gave first. In fact, say it with me. God gave first. That's what we have to understand. No matter how generous we are, we are giving seed that he gave us. He gave first all of it. Everything that I have is a gift from the Lord. Scripture says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. He gave, he gave it everything that I have. Any talents I have, God gave those to me. Connections and relationships, God allowed them; those people. They're his people. He made them and he brought them into my life. Opportunities, God opened those opportunities. Uh, understand something, I am his. In fact, I am his twice and so are you. He created us. So he gave us life. When I sinned in rebellion and turned my back on him, he made a way through Jesus Christ to buy my life back. He bought my redemption for me. So really, he gave me my life back twice. Everything I have is his, I'm his. God gave first. It's one of the early passages of scripture, Genesis 129. God gave man every plant to eat from. He just gave. That's what he does. One of our favorite Bible verses that we love to quote, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's the nature of our God. That's who he is. That's his character. I love Acts 17, 25. They're saying, and he, God, is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. I, I get really nervous when maybe it's we preachers or people somehow we we get this idea that we we need to give to the things of god because god needs some help you know he's hit some hard times he's you know he's struggling a little bit and you know he gave you life and everything so come on pony up for god help him out help him out of a spot how ridiculous is that that's what that's what we're being told he he didn't need anything from us god's not broke he gave us everything our generosity is at, at its base level a response of gratitude for his generosity. Look what Paul writes to Timothy, 1 Timothy six seventeen. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who, look what he does, richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. That's who our God is. And we look at that and go, command those who are rich. Oh, glad he's not talking to me. You remember Okay, who's rich? Whoever has more than me, right? But we have to understand, by world standards, everyone in this room is doing really well. And God has uh, been really good to us. And he richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. It's funny. I think sometimes we get the wrong view of God. When we began this ministry, before even the church, it was a ministry called Real Life Ministries, and we began ministry in the inner city. And... You know, the people we were ministering to, we were ministering to a housing project. They didn't have any resources, and we didn't ask them for any. We didn't ask for support. They didn't have anything, and that was was what we expected. So there was no resource from the actual ministry, but typically you have kind of a whole fundraising arm of a ministry that helps raise money for something like that, and God said to us, I don't want you to do that. He allowed us to share the vision very selectively with a few people, but he said, no, I don't want you to do fundraising like that. Nothing like that at all. He says, I want to teach you that I'm going to provide for you. And it's like, oh, man, God, that's awesome. That's awesome. But, you know, my kids, they've got this addiction to, like, meals. Like, every day they want several of them. They're just weird that way. And so I kind of am like, okay, God, well, all right, um, how are we going to get paid? Well, he says, I'm going to provide. I'm like, okay, that's cool. So how much am I going to get paid? You know, I'm just wanting, I'm wanting to know, right? How much am I going to get paid? And God said, oh, no worries. I got you. 100%. 100%. Yes, your pay is going to be 100%. Oh, good. Thank you, God. Um, let me ask you another way. Um, after I've been paid, how much will I have? He said, oh, no problem. You'll have enough. Okay. <laughs> I'll get paid 100%, and I'll have enough. God, that's not going to look great on a mortgage application, Okay? What's my pay, hundred percent? What's my savings? Enough. Okay? <laughs> I just don't know that they're I don't know that they're actually gonna go for that. God's like, well then maybe you shouldn't worry about it right now. And and what was interesting is that it it it's like, okay, and I'd grown up in some hardcore, you know, I, I told you, I grew up Pentecostal, which is like hardcore church, right? Okay, there's regular church, there's easy-going church, and then there's Pentecostal church, hardcore church, you know? So I was like, okay, man, I can, I can, I can do this. I would mean, go, go Spartan, go hard for Jesus, expecting kind of that. And, and what's interesting is we never missed a meal, ever missed a meal, okay? Had a roof over our head all the time always had transportation to get wherever we needed. Food, clothing, all of our needs were met completely. What surprised me was the just gifts and blessings God would give. The stuff that we didn't necessarily need. He didn't, certainly didn't owe it to us, but it was just, I began to get this sense, he is my father and he loves to bless his children. Just like I as a father love to bless my children. It's that simple. He loves to bless us. And what's interesting is he wants to make sure we're not living a life in pursuit of the blessing. You know, that's where Jesus said, uh, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. You have a father. He knows what you need. But what's fascinating to me is the stuff beyond what we needed. The stuff that was just cool things that God provided. Cool opportunities that God allowed. Just things that I saw as this is just blessing, God. This is gravy. We we didn't need that, but you did that. And I'm so grateful. And I began to understand, not only does God give in meeting our needs, God loves to bless his people. He loves to bless his people. God gave first. And see, giving is a response of gratitude. I get to give out of gratitude because he's been so generous and I could never, it's not paying him back. That's, that's off the table. I could never give to pay him back. But I get to give the sense of gratitude. See, understand something. We're created in the image of God. Genesis 127 tells us. So God created man in his own image. Well, God is generous. And one of the things that sin does, and we know this sin mars the image of God in us, and one of God's great works of restoration and redemption through the cross of Jesus Christ is the restoration of his generous, giving nature in us. See, there's a part of us that loves to give. Everybody I've met, even people who you go, man, they're stingy. There's something in them. Even if they're afraid to give or they're, too, they're locked up and they can't give, and we say, oh, they're stingy. The fact is there's something in them that wants to give. Wants to be generous, wants to be thought of as generous. There's something in us that's part of just the image of God in us that understands we were made to be generous. It's the image of God. I think we look at three different levels of giving. There's the you have to give the law, kind of God's give it. There's the you ought to give. Well, God's been good to us, so it's obligation thing. You ought to give. But then there's what Paul wrote about you want to give it's a grace it's something that is a joy because it's who we are and who we were created to be see we're filled with the love of god look what first john three seventeen says if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him how can the love of god be in him just a natural byproduct of god's love and presence is this idea of we want to be generous If I keep it, I lose it. If I give it, I keep it. Generosity is a grateful response to the generosity of God. Second thing that Paul made clear, generosity opens us to the blessing of God. Generosity opens us to the blessing of God. What you give determines what you get. That's what the scripture says. And it says it more than a few times. He pointed out the law of the harvest. You reap what you sow. You sow sparingly, well, you're going to reap sparingly. You sow plenty, you're going to reap plenty. You can't reap what you haven't sown. There's this principle. God is trying to teach us through this principle. fact is, God promises to bless those who are generous and those who give. You remember the words he used when talking about the tithe in Malachi 3? Remember what he said? See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you'll not have enough room for it. Does that sound like a God who's trying to be stingy with resources? I don't think so. Look how Jesus said it, Luke 6, 38. He said, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you.
1: And this is when we take a quick minute to remind you You're listening to Reaching for Real Life With Pastor Sean Azaro A listener supported ministry of River City Community Church In this message called The Power of Generosity The series is called In This We Trust Which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching Your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others Just find the Give tab at reallife.org Podcast series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit filled life.
2: I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit.
1: Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit filled Life by Sean Azzaro today at Amazon or Reaching for Life.org. And now the conclusion to the message The Power of Generosity. This is Reaching for Real Life
2: Radio. The Bible gives us a picture of kind of a nice graphic image in Deuteronomy chapter 15 of an open hand versus a tight fist. Open hand versus a tight fist. Look at what it says. We're, I'm going to read Deuteronomy 15, 7 and 8, and then I'll skip down to verse 10. It says, if there's a poor man among your brothers in any of the towns of the land that the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted, there's that image, towards your poor brother. Rather be open-handed, there's the other image, and freely lend him whatever he needs. Give generously him and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. Look at the promise of blessing. See, an open hand, not only is it open to give, Open-handed towards the poor. Open-handed towards those in need. Open-handed towards someone in my neighborhood who I know has a need. Open-handed. And it's an open hand and it's open to give. But just look at it. It's open to receive. That's what the scripture is telling us. It's open to give, but it's also open to receive. And the fact is God wants to bless. He wants to bless. That's the truth of the open hand. And if I keep it, I lose it. If I give it, I keep it. That's what the Lord is wanting us to understand, this different economy. Now, one problem that we often face when it comes to generosity, we go, well, I like the possibility. I, I, okay, you, you, I'm with you so far, Sean, but, but I can't. I just don't have enough. I can't. I can't give. The, the problem is we've developed a poverty mentality. A poverty mentality says there's only so much to go around, and, and if, if I give, then I won't have enough. And maybe some of you were raised in a situation where there wasn't enough growing up. And so you kind of have developed a fear of not having enough. That's a a common fear that people wrestle with. God wants to heal you and deliver you from that fear, the fear of not having enough. Because he is our provider. He wants to set us free. And the way that we break that poverty mentality is... Point number three, we can afford to be generous because God is our provider. And isn't this interesting? This brings us right back around to where we started this whole series of conversations. This is the baseline. We can afford to be generous because God is our provider. You remember what Paul wrote, 2 Corinthians nine 11? You'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. God wants to provide everything that you need he wants to bless us so that we can give remember what he said to Abraham I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make you a blessing and there's a principle there this is how it works this is what Jesus was saying give and it'll be given to you with the measure you use that's the measure that it will be meted out or distributed to you here's the whole idea God is looking for people, and I believe this, who will represent him, people of the kingdom, who will be a vehicle of his blessing to the world around them. It's almost like a funnel, picture a funnel. He wants to pour out blessing on his people, knowing that that will then be funneled to the world around them, and that they will represent him, like little outposts of his kingdom, of his generosity. He wants to pour out blessing, and then know that those resources... Those blessings are going to be meted out and shared. And understand something. A funnel that gets clogged is no good. Throw it out. And I think that's what the scripture is kind of alluding to. Something happens. If we stop up that flow, it's like it becomes stagnant. And And when that happens, that's when resources and blessing kind of become a curse. We've all seen it happen. We've all seen wealth and resource become a curse. It's like, man, that person has so much, but it's like there's no joy, there's no peace, no blessing. they got tons of stuff, but there's, it's, it's like it's a curse. And one of the ways that happens is we stop up that funnel of blessing. And I know as I'm sitting here talking, there's some of you who are struggling right now going, man, I want to give, I believe it, I want to be generous, but I just don't have enough. I can't. Let me tell you something. I know how much you make. You're like, do you? I knew he did. Does God tell you? Here's the deal. I know how much you make, and I know how much you have. You need to know that you make 100%. See, we all make the same. It's a beautiful utopian environment. Isn't it wonderful? You make 100%, and I know how much you have. You have enough. If you're following the Lord Jesus Christ, that's what he wants to, he wants to give you. That's his promise to you. So here's the deal. We, we sit and go, man, I want to be able to give a billion dollars. So if I win the lottery, God, and we make sure he can hear us when we're buying the ticket and we're telling him about it, you know, and we're praying, and we're, oh, God, and we're doing all this stuff, because I want to be able to give the million dollars. Don't worry about the million dollars. You are not responsible to give what you don't have. You're responsible to give of what you do have. And if you won't give out of whatever you got now, winning a lottery isn't going to change that. It's not going to change it. Because it's not a money problem we all got 100 you're not if you're going man if i made two hundred thousand dollars here's what i do if you don't make two hundred thousand dollars you're not responsible to steward two hundred thousand dollars stop worrying about it waste of time you all you got to steward is what you have and you've got 100 percent just like i do so how are you doing with what you have god wants to provide we can afford to be generous because god is our provider and this is where it's an act of faith this is where you have to decide what you believe. This is where it all begins. The freedom comes from deciding that God is my provider and I'm going to trust him. My job's not my provider. The government's not my provider. My family's not my provider. This church is not my provider. God is my provider. And I can trust him. And what that means is I can trust that if he begins to stir in, this, in my heart this desire to give and I start giving, as I see need and he prompts me and I I start giving, that all of a sudden I'm going to see he's meeting my needs. He makes sure I have enough. Not not enough just to meet my needs, but enough to give. And I'm going to see that second economy start to work. It's powerful. God wants our giving to be joyful. See, when you understand he's your provider and your needs are met and I don't have to be afraid, giving can become joyful again. When you're a kid, with little kids, you ever seen a little kid give in the delight they do it with? He wants our giving to be able to be like that. Because you know why little kids can give like that? It's because they don't have to worry about anything. They don't pay for anything. Well, of course, you can be generous. Yeah, I take care of everything. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> They're not sitting worrying about the mortgage. They're not worrying about car payments. They're not worrying about any of that stuff. So they can give joyfully. Do you understand God wants you to give exactly like that? Because he doesn't want you worrying about the mortgage. doesn't want you worrying about the car payments. And if you're like, well, but how do I deal with that? Go back and look at some of the teachings. We've covered a lot of that. God wants us to be free. It is a blessing to be give, and we are being set free to give. Look what Acts twenty thirty five says. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Uh, that's a really important point. You realize there's other things you have to give other than just money i think he wants you to give your money be generous open-handed with your resources but you realize you can help someone who's in need maybe you have a skill or service you can help be generous with your time you can be generous with your maybe you have a network and a connection you meet someone who needs that and you're like boy but if i bring them in then uh, uh," and there's that selfish kind of and you need to just stop that and kind of smack yourself around a little bit. Say, you know what? No, I'm going to be generous. And you extend that network. You you give a resource. You give some time. You give some material resource or some money. If you're sitting there and you're struggling, but my heart struggles with this. My heart struggles with it. Jesus gave us a way to train our heart, remember? Where your treasure is in Matthew 6, there your heart will be. The way to train your heart is just to start doing it. We talked about that with the tithe. We have a, a every time, every time we get paid, an opportunity to train our heart. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. We're literally redirecting our heart. Well, generosity in my neighborhood, in my work, in my church, in, with missions around the world, with needs around the community, generosity does the same thing. It directs my heart. It, it has my heart being trained. So if you're afraid and you're struggling, take Jesus up on that. Begin to train your heart. Remember, if I keep it, I lose it. But if I give it, I keep it. That's the word of the Lord. Last thing, I'll close with this. Our generosity, and I love this so much, it puts God's generosity on full display. We live in a world that that the heart of God is being horribly misrepresented. The people of God are being horribly misrepresented. And Paul pointed this out He said, Our generosity puts God's generosity and His character and His love and His nature on full display. Remember what he said? Your giving results in thanksgiving to God. Your generosity results in people giving praise to God. Your generosity results in people glorifying God. Because you represent Him. It's not just, here's the deal. When we really win, it's not just when people are saying, Man, so-and-so's really generous. Sean was generous. Well, yeah, I'm glad for Sean. The win is people saying, oh my gosh, he's a Christ follower. And man, God is good. God provided for me. And when we make sure that we give in his name, there's something powerful that happens. And it does something in the heart of God. Look at Hebrews Thirteen, sixteen. Do not forget to do good, to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Why is he pleased? You know why? Because God loves people. And he loves people a lot. He wants to bless people. And it's funny. We're created in his image. And I want to say, when we never look more like the old man than when we're generous. <laughs> you know, we say he looks like his old man. We never look more like the old man. Than when we're generous, open-hearted, because that's what he looks like. Uh, j- chip off the old block. We represent him to the world around us. See, God is looking for people who he can bless with resources, so that we can be generous. And here's the thing: if we're going st- to to hog it all and stop it up, stop up the funnel. It's literally hurtful for more blessing to be given. And and that's why the Bible says, I think it stops up that flow of blessing. But when you open the funnel, God is looking for people who, who with their lives, their families, but also their resources will be this little kingdom outpost where that blessing is poured out to the world around them. And he is glorified. His name is exalted. That's the power of generosity. If I keep it, I lose it. I give it. I keep it.
1: That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series, in this we trust, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd appreciate your feedback. You can leave us a note on our Contact Us page. Or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find that Give tab at reallife.org.